I'm Brandon Valley. I'm Luke Beamond here. This is episode uh, five. Episode five, baby. Single. Right? We're keeping count? Yep. All right. Wrote it down in my hand. Um, little bit of drama on the on the Facebook and the Twitter. Um, some people are questioning whether or not Spectral Jeff is real. Right, yeah. Or not. Yeah. And um, I don't think he feels good about it. I mean, yeah, I didn't even know pay, special Jeff paid attention to all that. But I mean, if you don't believe in ghosts, then that's fine. But mm. to think that we're capable of doing this by ourselves, I right. think, is ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So you can believe whatever you want to believe. As far as we're concerned, we're not going to address it again. We'll see if he's real or he's not real. Um, that's really up to you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, put yourself in his position. You're a ghost of a, a proud ghost of a of a once proud sound engineer, helping two guys get their podcast off the ground, in the studio. You could haunt anywhere you want. He's changed studios with us. Well, I mean, he to be fair, he can't haunt anywhere he wants. He's bound. Oh yeah, I guess he is eternally to the soundboard. Uh, oh yeah, so he haunts the soundboard. That's why we've been able to carry him over to the new studio. Yeah, that's right. pretty. That's pretty much the reason. But yeah, I mean, that's ghost politics. I'm not really gonna. Right. You know what, what? Who am I to say? Really? Yeah, yeah, we don't know the rules. Spectral Jeff doesn't get that deep with us. I know. Um, blew it with the uh, the Twitter followers again. Nice. Uh, don't have any shout outs. Nice. Um, so please retweet us and I'll do nothing for you. <laughs> I saw your one, your one tweet got some um, got some reaction though. The uh, the poll you set up um, asking whether or not people can start considering predator and jurassic park to be horror movies people get very angry <laughs> about that um ex-guest mark gallagher stated that if we do agree to that then we have to include terminator as a horror movie as well right and i can get down with that yeah. um we're gonna do predator soon so that's an yeah. argument maybe we'll get into it a little bit in a second because i do kind of want to talk about it because it's sure. interesting to me it's happy birthday to predator also oh really i believe it was this week yeah it's anniversary of some sort all right fantastic yeah. um well today i think oh my god there, there's a naked man here oh yeah i thought you knew him he's beautiful yeah you like him he's perfect hmm. i've been in this podcast studio for 15 minutes and he's perfect to me hmm. i feel kind of drained but yeah Oh my God! Uh, today we have uh, Ken Reed on the podcast. Hello, Ken. How's it going? I came from the future. That's why I'm naked. Close, oh my God! Clothes don't uh, clothes don't go through. Wow! Right? Yeah. We we've evolved that far, huh? Well, yeah. It's that's that's the Terminator rule. Right? We learned that. Oh, yeah, that's Terminator. true. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Is a horror movie. Yeah, they don't take. Nice, yeah. They no. don't take to only uh, organic material, inter- right. intergalactic, or you know, interdimension or time travel at all. Yeah, that's huh. that's constantly my excuse. Well, yeah. nice. it's a good excuse. Yeah. I accept it. I always like to think that the clothes may have traveled, but on a different timeline. So there's like a different spot in a different <laughs> year where just these piles of clothes from the future. <laughs> just constantly. Just consta- yeah, for some reason they both travel, but just not together. It's just baffling scientists. <laughs> yeah, that one like, time. There's like a right. glory hole of clothes here <laughs> right? with no collars because they're from the year 2000. That, the origin of Nikes is yeah. like in the 1800s, like a pair of like Air Jordans just appear somewhere. And they're some like, what the hell are these? What? Yeah. Yeah. Us Air Jordans are born. Yeah, it's like in the Terminator when he, you know, he loses his arm and they use that to make Skynet instead. Right. Yeah. He's his own father. Oh, man. Yeah. I've argued a lot about that timeline and I can't. 
I can't do it anymore. Well, they should ask Harlan Ellison, who wrote the two original stories that James Cameron <laughs> ripped off and lost his lawsuit from. Oh, man. Oh, he lost a lawsuit? Oh, big time. Yeah, he wrote really? two Outer Limits episodes. One was called Soldier and one was called Demon with a Glass Hand. Oh, really? I know Outer Limits. He, yeah. He stole that from Outer Limits? Yes. If you combine Soldier with Demon with a Glass Hand, you get the Terminator exactly. And Harlan Ellison, who's an amazing writer and a real prickly guy, was like the last guy you want to rip off. And it just so happened that Cameron ripped off the two episodes of Outer Limits that Harlan Ellison (laughs) wrote. And he sued him into oblivion and he got a huge settlement. Really? Yeah. Cameron is infamous for stealing things. He stole all of the Avatar stuff from a Pocahontas, right? Yeah, he stole no uh, Heavy Metal magazine um, Mm. in the 70s and settled that case. And he's got this real attitude like, yeah, what were you going to do with it? I'm James Cameron. Right. And he'll just like pay him off. He's still going to make what he's going to yeah, make at exactly. the box office. Exactly. He's still going to yeah. explore the Marianas yeah. Trench yeah. however I want. Yeah. You know, yeah. James Cameron. And then he has the Abyss, the, the bad version of Leviathan. We all know what he's doing. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. That was a... Uh, we talked about that a little bit in our first episode. The uh, yeah. the triple threat Leviathan, Deep Star 6. Yeah. And, uh, and the Abyss, Abyss all coming yeah. out at the same exact time. Yeah. Well, the Sean Cunningham Deep Star 6 makes sense because he's a pornographer and a terrible filmmaker uh, <laughs> who uh, literally made porn films for, really? a, bo- for a mob Sean company. Cunningham is Friday 13th? Yeah, he, him and Wes Craven both made porn oh, films. Oh, I guess I, oh, uh-huh. that's right. They made porn same films director. for a company called Hallmark Pictures, which was based in Boston, which was a mob company that was a front. They they uh, actually distributed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, saying it made no money and were just using it to launder money. They also distributed um, a movie called Mark of the Devil, and they were the first people to come up with the campaign of uh, distributing uh, vomit bags with the with the movie. Nice. But they wow. produced Last House on the Left originally as a porno movie, and it was supposed to be a porno movie, which is why you have all those porn actors like John Leslie and people in that movie. Oh. And then they cut they they didn't shoot the hardcore scenes and, and made it as a exploitation movie and so I hate that movie. It kind of is like a porn movie <laughs> gone wrong though in yeah. a lot of parts. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, Wes Craven was teaching English at a university in New York and at night was was making porn movies with Sean Cunningham. Huh. Fantastic. There you go. That's how you get into horror. That's the That's transition. Right. That's right. Uh, uh, early, early all you aspiring smart. directors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh <laughs> so let me ask you uh how did you get into horror films like how do you feel about horror movies i absolutely love horror movies and there, there's three things that i've loved or let's say two things that i've loved that i can't remember when i first started watching them or liking them and they're comic books and horror movies and my whole life i've always loved them and my parents were not good and they took me to see every movie that they wanted to see because they didn't want to get a babysitter. But as a kid, I was like, this is great. So I saw like Mother's Day in theaters when I was two or three years old. And Jesus. I saw every horror movie you can imagine. And I had horrible insomnia as a kid. And I slept like maybe two hours a night. And I'd just stay up all night watching whatever was on cable. So I saw a lot of horror movies. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, what movie scares you the most? Uh, the movies that scare me the most tend to not necessarily be horror movies. Or like Cronenberg, biohorror really scares me. I don't like okay. medical stuff. That freaks me out. Um, I am a, like a devout atheist. I am a complete skeptic. So like ghosts, monsters, none of that scares me. Okay. Um, the the stuff that scares me are like there's episodes of Fringe that scared me, they're <laughs> yeah. about, which is such a good show uh, about like loss and like, um, you know, like uh, losing your your loved one, like that kind of stuff scares me. OK, more like a realistic, like yeah. psychological horror. Kind yeah, of stuff. yeah, yeah. I hate right. the I always joke that I don't 
care about anything made after the year 2000, including people. But um, <laughs> if you met a 16 year old, they're the worst. Uh, but like all the sort of torture porn movies and all that stuff, uh, horror shifted from a from a into a physical horror that's just sort of a shock and it's yeah. like oh I bet that would hurt and that's yeah, not exactly. that's not really like an interesting there's nothing interesting for that that's it's what like, I say it's like over oh, and over again in the Saw movies ooh yeah, that would hurt yeah like yeah. it's ooh, that not like, oh that's too. gross oh yeah. my fingernails get ripped off that's not like yeah I'm not afraid it's just it's like ugh yeah I mean like there are scenes that haunt me from horror movies like there's a there's a movie called The Night He Came Home which was also called uh, what was it called here Dead of Night I think it was best known as uh, it was directed by uh, Bob Clark, who made A Christmas Story, but he had made horror movies before uh, The Christmas Story, and two of them have some of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in a movie, and Dead of Night is uh, during Vietnam, and it's about... Oh, Death Dream. Yeah, Death Dream. Okay, yes, I, yeah, 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 I've seen that movie. There's the yeah, scene yeah. where he just wants to die, and he's burying himself, mm-hmm. and that is that haunts me. That scene mm-hmm. is, is really disturbing. And then in Black Christmas, the phone calls... The, the audio of those phone calls are absolutely terrifying. Hell yeah. Terrifying. Mm. And that sort of stuff really, really gets to me. Yeah, Death Dream's great. Yeah, it has like three different fucking titles, that yeah. movie. They I think it's been like recut it. and yeah. stuff like that. Death but Dream's that's awesome. great, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, so you recently were a moderator at uh, ScareCon? Oh yeah, it was the first ScareCon they did in Massachusetts. Yeah. So this is the first one. Yeah, they used, they do it in upstate New York. It was called uh, Syracuse because it was in Syracuse, New York. But then they moved it to just outside of Syracuse and changed it to ScareCon. They do it still every year. Though. This was the first time they did one in Massachusetts. Cool. Because uh, I've always looked for like uh, for horror cons to go to, and there hasn't really been a bunch around here. There's like, uh, what is it like? Shock, yep. rock and shock, rock and shock, which seems to focus more on like the rock. Yeah. Like disturbed and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Well, the weird thing is, so I've been going to convent like comic conventions and various conventions since I was probably five. So let's say like the mid eighties and the last 10 years they've changed significantly. And most of the people that go to horror conventions included, only like stuff from the last 10 years. So you'll go and like, uh, although it's changed slightly with George Romero because of the, the the walking dead and the zombie stuff, but I've been to shows where like no one cared that George Romero was there and they were all there to see people who were in like the devil's rejects or something. And I'm like, who cares about that movie? Or who cares about a movie from two years ago? You know, like that. It's very odd. Uh, seeing the sort of shift in those things, they can make an entire they make entire conventions about just The Walking Dead all the yeah, time. Yeah, the Walker Stalker the fuck out. Yeah, there's one in Boston next month, and yeah, they've actually expanded wow. it. So at that one, you have people from the original Night of the Living Dead. Elvira is going to be there nice. for the Boston yeah. one. So that yeah, they're expanding it a little bit. Hell yeah. Um, but who did you meet at a uh, at Scarecon? What, what so was Scarecon, uh, interesting there? I um I ran a panel with Felissa Rose, who's in um, Sleepaway Camp. Fuck She's yeah. the original Angela and um, Jordan Ladd, who's in um, Cabin Fever and Death nice. Proof. I did a panel with Joe Bob Briggs, which was amazing because he's a hero of mine. He's an amazing guy. He hosted Monster Vision on TNT and Drive-In Reviews. He was yeah. one of the first guys to write reviews of genre movies uh, in the 80s. I did a panel with him, and then I did a Night of the Creeps reunion panel, which was fantastic because that's that's such a great movie. I've never seen that movie. Oh, my I God. I hear good things. No, you need yeah, to see Night of the Creeps. Yeah, same here. You need to see Night of the Creeps. Have All you ever right. seen Monster Squad? Oh, hell yeah. yeah Absolutely. It's, it's Fred Deckard both, and it, Night of the Creeps is like a – a more adult kind of scarier version of Monster Squad. 
Nice. Uh, working with Stan Winston still. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, fuck it's yeah. it's right before Monster Squad. So All right, fuck um, yeah. He he really he made three movies, those two, and then RoboCop three. Nice. <laughs> and then really never directed <laughs> anything again. But um, Night of the Creeps is a, is a perfect movie. It's way ahead of its time, and it's it's fantastic. Night of the Creeps. Nice. So, so what, you you were moderating all those panels yep. then? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, yep. cool. So you were kind of calling all the shots and all that. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like moderating panels mostly yeah. because just I, I like talking to people, which I didn't mm-hmm. took me thirteen years of doing stand up to realize I'd rather talk to people. But uh, <laughs> I also just as a fan spent so many years going to conventions and stuff and seeing horrible panels with mm. someone who either doesn't know anything, doesn't know how to make something entertaining and keep it on time. Or just Chris Farley's the whole time, mm-hmm. you know, where they're like, oh, in the movie, oh, you know, or just doesn't know how to do anything, and just or doesn't ask ask the same questions we all know. We're a fan of this person, that's why we're there to see them. Mm-hmm. We know the answer to all these questions. Like, ask them something different, right. or, you know, talk to them about something else. Yeah. And so I, I I like doing them for like selfish reasons of kind of wanting to see a good panel. Fair. I mean, yeah, I listened to like the Entertainment Weekly, like from Comic Con panels, just because it was like the only thing on the radio I could listen to, and it, like the people that did them. I mean, it was so. So uninter- yeah, and like you said, oh, yeah. you just a- asking questions that they felt like they needed to ask. It's like, show, so is the show fun? It, like, is yeah. it fun to do the It's show? like the where do you get your ideas question. You know, it's yeah. just ridiculous. What yeah. was it like making Friday the 13th? <laughs> yeah. The Never been asked that before? Stuff you can, and it's like, you know, and I feel bad for the people on the panel because they are like, you know, how many times can I answer this question? Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, I really like doing panels. And yeah, I, you know, ask I, them I interesting to, things. And yeah. And it's more fun for them. I'm exactly. Sure. And I try to do them whenever I can. Um, I recorded some episodes of my show when I was out there with, like, Joe Bob Briggs did one that's going to be out this week, and um, the Mads from MST3K, cool. um, and uh, James Lorenz from Frankenhooker, and, and, uh, and so it was fun. Which is, what is your podcast again? You want to plug TV, it right now? TV Guidance Counselor. TV Guidance yeah. Counselor is absolutely fantastic. Not a horror everybody. podcast specifically, but I do, because it, it's... I, I love it so much. I do have a lot of people who've been in many horror movies and there's like a kind yeah. of a weird focus on a lot of horror oh, yeah. stuff. Is there recordings of any of the panels you did at any of these cons? Or um, there is. A, there's a panel I did last year with Sean Astin for Goonies. Oh, cool. That's up online, that whole thing. I did a panel with, um, uh, oh my God, what, Joanna um, Cassidy from Blade Runner. We did oh, a Blade wow. Runner panel. That's up online. Where can, where can people um, find that? Those are up on YouTube. You could just search okay, my cool. name and either of those people, they'll pop up. Cool. And I'm doing one later next month with um, uh, the guy who played Perfect Tommy in um, Buckaroo Banzai. That should be exciting. Buckaroo Banzai, not familiar. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm you should that. see Buckaroo Banzai. No. Oh, you, <laughs> Buckaroo Banzai. It's a really weird movie starring Peter Weller uh, called right. Buckaroo Banzai uh, and Across the Eighth Dimension. And it's really bizarre. Jeff Goldblum's in it. It's about warring aliens and a guy who's a samurai rock and roll star slash nuclear scientist. Dope. All it's, right. It's really, it's a really good movie. That's Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah, the Adventure of Buckaroo Banzai. You're giving it, me a lot of recommendations. It is I'm, a I'm fantastic movie. I love Peter Weller, man. Peter Weller's unbelievable in this. I was just watching uh, Screamers for the first time. Yeah, Screamers, one of the better Philip K. Dick adaptations. Yeah, and also written by Dan O'Bannon, yes. who we will be talking about Transitioning this, in today. this yeah. evening. Which I guess, uh, I guess we should get into. You want to get into it? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get into Life Force. All right. All right.
Yeah, what do we got, Lukey? All right, Life Force. So this is a film from 1985. It was directed by Tobe Hooper, who also has done Texas Chainsaw is it, Massacre. Is it Tobe or Toby? I never know. Toby. Oh, Toby it is Toby? It is Toby. Toby Hooper, yeah. Oh, my Felix. Mr. Idiot. Dr. Pepper himself, after a almost three-year hiatus from directing while he rumored to be getting off heroin. Really? Mm. Yeah. After the Poltergeist oh. fiasco that he didn't really direct. Cool. Yeah, really? I want to get into that uh, yeah. in a second. F- finish this, and okay. then we're going to talk Sorry. about that. Sorry, right away. no, no, no. That's no. I'm glad. I, I would. I would keep calling him Tobe the rest of my life because yeah. Tex Chainsaw Massacre is one of my all-time favorites. So, yep. I should know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, he made a three-picture deal with Canon Pictures. This right, is the first movie in the three pictures. Right, right, and the others were Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. Yep. And Invaders from Mars. And Invaders from Mars, right. He was now. supposed to direct Return of the Living Dead uh, in 1985. Oh, wow. He was slated as the director, but the reason he didn't direct it was because this movie went so far over budget right. and over time and shooting, which is why Dan O'Bannon directed Return of the Living Dead. Oh, so wow. that is, if nothing else, this movie gave us Return of the Living Dead directed by Dan O'Bannon, which is fantastic. Huh. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that movie. Great. Um, cool. So then other things real quick. Uh, the score is by uh, Henry Mancini. Um, that's based on a novel by Colin Win- Wilson titled The Space Vampires. Yep, 1976. Yep. <laughs> There's actually two scores to this movie. It was recut and rescored. That's they Because they originally wanted... Um, uh, who did they want? Um, to, uh, James Horner, I believe. Is yeah. they, right? Did he? So he actually scored it. James There's Horner? Full, two full scores for this movie. It was recut and rescored. Really? Yeah. Because the original cuts like almost two and a half hours long. Right. I heard that they got. Um, the guy, uh, the, uh, the Henry Mancini, to do it because he was really intrigued to do this like fifteen minute uh, space ballet. He called yeah. it the opening sequence. Yeah, yeah. But then I heard a lot of that got cut out. Yep. Of the original. A yeah, very space odyssey. It sounded like what they sold them on. Right. You know. Right. Um, so and then so just real quick, the uh, the brief synopsis according to IMDb is a race of space vampires arrive in London and infect the populace. And cool. uh, that's what we got for stats for that's, Life Force. That's a very, uh, <laughs> very like succinct uh, <laughs> synopsis. It's a, I mean, it's not the best movie, but it's much more complicated than that. It goes a little bit further that. than yeah. that, yeah. Maybe some might say too complicated. Um, <laughs> yeah. So on paper, this movie looks like it should be great, right? So we have Toby Hooper, director of you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Poltergeist, written by Dan O'Bannon, who wrote Alien. Yep. And so and Dark Star. Yeah, Dark Star. And Dead and Buried. You ever see Dead and Buried? I never saw Dead and Buried. Oh my god, no. you got to see Dead and Buried. That's probably the best movie Dan O'Bannon wrote. Hell yeah. Yeah, so Dead I, I, I still I'm getting get ready to resurrect my recommendation. The Resurrected's not that good. Really? Cuz yeah. I know it's a recut of like a Screw Screw Brain or whatever, but yeah. like I I don't know, I still I want to see yeah, it. Yeah, the Resurrected's uh, uh but but Dead uh Dead and Buried is fantastic. Hell yeah. Cool. Yeah. So so because this this seems like a movie that should have been like amazing and wasn't exactly, I feel like we do definitely have to talk about Toby Hooper and his, you know, uh, his journey to this. Because, like you were saying before, so he made Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Uh, and it was great, big hit. He basically got robbed of all the money mm-hmm. from it. Um, and then gets set to direct Poltergeist. Well, he made two movies in between there. Uh, yep. He made Eaten Alive, the giant alligator movie with uh, early role by uh, Robert Englund. Oh, nice. Elm Street. Worth seeing? Uh, it's okay, but the other movie he made is definitely worth seeing, and I think it's his best movie, and it's called Funhouse. Oh, yeah, Funhouse. Okay. Funhouse is... With the big clown on the cover, the uh, big... Um, yep, yeah. yep. Funhouse is terrifying and a really great movie, and... and I think the best movie, I would say easily the best movie that Toby Hooper's made. It's, it's supposed to be pretty similar in kind of the vein of the Tex Chainsaw Massacre. Um, sort right? of. I think a it's a bit. much better movie 
than the Texas really? Chainsaw Massacre. I, 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 I enjoy the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I think it's a pretty overrated it's movie. Pretty, it's pretty uh, gritty and amateur, but like um, it's. Uh, I just I mean, it, it's the it's got just that flavor. Yeah, I actually prefer Texas Chainsaw Massacre two to Texas really? Chainsaw Massacre, believe really? it or not. Um, which we can get to in in a moment with the three right. picture. I love it. But yeah, he was he was kind of considered the the not the great white hope, but one of the one of the big new horror emerging directors, and never really lived up to that. It, because when when making Poltergeist, um. I didn't even know about this until like researching stuff for this movie, but the the big, uh, you know, scandal was that Steven Spielberg was producing it in like, uh, Roe Poltergeist, right? Yeah. So, uh, the big scandal is that he pretty much directed most of it, because yeah. Tobe Hooper or Toby Hooper was like, a coward and wouldn't take action or anything. So Steven Spielberg just kind of like took hold. I mean, I think uh, I've heard different things. I've I've talked to, and um, that sounds very name dropper. But I've talked to people who worked on that movie, who are in that movie, or, yeah. or been on the on the set. And Toby Hooper did direct the actors in it, um, but Spielberg was on the set all the time. And Toby Hooper mm-hmm. also is not. Uh, I think he was having a lot of personal problems at that time that have never really been uh, clarified. But um, Zelda he, Rubenstein went on record saying that he had a huge drug problem. Yeah, on set. I, I, I've heard that he had uh, an issue with. Uh, I think I heard heroin. But um, you know, and he was having difficulty keeping stuff on time and on schedule, which doesn't go over well with a major studio picture. You know, being produced by Steven Spielberg. So there was a lot of him kind of stepping in and and doing stuff on the set but he's also infamous for doing that as well he, he did yeah. that in some of gremlins and control freak yeah you know. yeah it's his baby well yeah um <laughs> so so he made that movie and kind of didn't make that movie and then there was almost three years between that and this movie which was his sort of return to directing with canon films originally called space the, the infamous the infamous canon films golan globus yeah menachem <laughs> golan yeah i don't know if anybody out there has watched the uh the document canon electric documentary Boogaloo. is it still on netflix do you know it is it is yeah, it's fantastic yeah. i would recommend anyone yeah. watch it it's the history of canon films it's amazing. it's insane yeah it's, it's absolutely insane. insane yeah those guys it's are bad nuts. shit yeah they even sound like two troll people. Like yeah. they sound like these come troll to, twins. Come to Menachem. <laughs> uh, tell him to fuck himself. Uh, yeah, it's. It, they never made good movies. Canon. They were a big no. mess of. A, they were an exploitation uh, company that right. tried to make Hollywood movies. Yeah, they shit out some gems on accident, but it was all. Oh, yeah. It was all with greed in their heart. You know. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm not trying to be like creative yeah, necessarily. Absolutely. And that's why they changed the title, right? Because it was it was going to be called the Space, Space Vampires, Vampires, but yeah. Canon was like, we're not gonna. It sounds like a shitty like exploitation movie, so we yeah. have to change it. Two on the nose Life for yeah. them. Huh? Yeah. yeah. And the, right. book, the book is actually decent. Really. I've read the book. It's oh, really? okay. It's very 70s. There's a lot of like real pseudo. Not even pseudoscience, but sort of like post hippie um, psychic garbage in it. <laughs> but uh, but the movie does, I think, improve on the book in one major thing. In that, so the book is set in the 21st century, uh, which is a little bit silly. And the space vampires are discovered in an asteroid belt. But Toby Hooper had the idea to change it to the tale of Halley's Comet right. because this was 1985 <laughs> and Halley's Comet was coming back around again. And there was a bunch of movies that capitalized on Halley's Comet coming back around, including one of my all time favorite movies, Night of the Comet, which is mm. unbelievably good if you've never seen it. Uh, Night of the Comet is is 
such a good movie. It's completely underrated, uh, does like post-apocalyptic movie. It's really funny. It's really scary. Uh, it's really, really well done. Came out the same year. Um, it, because the the fear was, hey, the dinosaurs were extinct. It must have been Haley's comet. So what's going to happen when it comes back around? So that's that was a that was a good uh, change, I think, on Toby Hooper's part. Um, he takes credit for it. Uh, Dan O'Bannon gives him credit for it. It may have been Dan O'Bannon that changed it. Um, but the the basic opening shot of this movie is uh, ripped off, I would say, from Mario Bava's Planet of the Vampires, which is a very I've, I've seen movie. some of Planet of the Vampires. I I love. It's Mario great. Bava. Yeah, it's it's alien. Yeah, I mean yeah. Dan O'Bannon is a, a bit unabashed in being influenced by Planet of the Vampires in various capacities. I mean he's he's used it in several of his things that he's written, uh, but it looks great. The opening of this movie looks great. Where they it find does. the yeah, spaceship, cool. the artichoke ship. Yeah, they yeah. find the ship and the and the weird vamp, uh, uh, bat corpses that yeah. are in there. Uh, it, but it's alien. Yeah, it's it's alien. Yeah, they're wandering onto the ship with all. <laughs> The life yeah. forms is it's very much it's exactly that alien. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's more alien than aliens was, you know, the next year. Uh it it's just kind of a replay of alien at the beginning. Yeah, it would have been nice if it was longer. Like I I, I am curious to see the original cut where they where they include all that cut. That the Blu ray is out with the original cut. Okay. So Shout Factory put out a really nice Blu ray last year that has the original cut and the hmm. theatrical cut. Uh, is it better? Would you say? Is it like noticeably? Not really. It's still a pretty it? disjointed movie. It kind of yeah. doesn't know what it wants to be. I think Steve Railsback's kind of miscast as the lead. Um, That's um, Carson. Yeah. yeah. Or Carlson. Yeah. He played. Uh, he played um, Manson in the Helter Skelter movie. Oh fuck uh, yeah! That's huh? what he was most known for. But he was also in a great movie called The Stuntman. But he's kind of he looks like a weird. He looks a little bit like Henry Rollins. Which uh, yeah, is strange. he does kind of. Yeah, um, he, he's a little. His accent is looks like a little bit weird. Little Texan. He yeah, looks so but, familiar yeah. to me, and I, I yeah. can't place him. I looked at his IMDb, and I still don't know where I yeah. know him. His from. hair was distracting to me. He just doesn't the, it, with the bangs. He doesn't come across uh, as like empathetic or like he, he's yeah. not. He's misca- I think he's just miscast. You just don't know movie. what the. Yeah, it, it's so it's the movie like it's kind of hard to stay on the. Yeah, you know. Like to keep to stay up, keep up with it, understand yeah. what the fuck's going on, and like he is just everything he does. Yeah, I mean it's so ambiguous. You're just kind of well, like, he has this what? connection with the with Matilda May, who's you know. Yeah. First of all, there is so much nudity in this movie that it's not even sexual. It's great. Right, yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Matilda May was a French ballerina. She was not an actress. She'd never acted before, which is fine. She has no lines in this movie. <laughs> She's just naked the whole yeah, time. Yeah, I guess uh, they went through like uh, like seventy girls. And uh, they finally hey, found her. Who hasn't? Yeah, hey, hey. Um, and yeah. she was uh, 18 yeah. at the time. Yeah, which uh, spoke no English. Yeah, makes it makes you feel weird. But I don't know. Uh, I just turned 28 the uh, like last week and uh, last podcast. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, Jordan Handron CV. Yeah. He said to me, he's like, he's like, oh, that's a good year. You get a milestone. I'm like, oh, what's that? He's like, oh, you can legally sleep with someone uh, 10 years younger than you. I'm like, oh, that's really? yeah. Thank you so much. That's really nice. Yeah. So I do have something to look forward to. Congrats, buddy. Well, the the rule is half your age plus ten. Oh, is what you should. That's the that's mm. as young as you should go. So oh, well, 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 we're talking more you know, le- milestones. Le- I have to enjoy them. You know, I was 27 <laughs> yeah. last year, so I rented a car. Yeah. Well, you so, didn't die. You, know. you didn't join the <laughs> so, 27 club. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm not yeah. as big a rock star yeah. as I I hoped yeah. I was. Well, this movie's 31 years old. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's well. three years I mean, older it, than you. Okay. Yeah. So basically, uh, it looks great. It, ha- <laughs> it, it, it has some interesting like creature designs, but it's it's slow. The beginning. The problem is the beginning's too slow and the ending's too fast. 
So it doesn't, yeah. it, it totally doesn't really work. Is it, is it a disaster movie? Is it an apocalypse movie? Is it a zombie movie? Is it a vampire movie? Is it some weird metaphysical 2001 type, uh, you know, childhood's end type movie? It, it, it kind of wants to be all of those things. It also yeah. does rip off childhood's end big time, the Arthur C. Clarke story. So, so let's kind of like, uh, just like kind of dive right into the beginning for, uh, for people who maybe like haven't seen it. So basically they find the ship yeah. at Haley's Comet. They go in tons of dead bats and they find these three uh perfect naked people encased yep. in glass two guys and a girl yeah one is Not this the show. beautiful woman naked um the other two are just some dudes one of them was supposed to be played by billy idol but instead yeah. got played by mick jagger's brother yeah uh, they don't i think they have any speaking lines nope um so they're just totally unimportant. Just the, just the one line at the end, it will be less terrifying if you come to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. That <laughs> the is one the thing only line. Yeah. But yeah, they find Good him. And can, uh, can you get that clip? Um, Special Jeff? Yeah, for when they first enter the ship and he sees the girl. And I always say, have you seen Event Horizon? Yeah, I love it. I watched, I think, I watched yeah. it two days ago. Yeah, actually, I yeah. think Event Horizon does the alien going on to a, a desolate ship really well without yeah. seeming like a ripoff of Alien. Hell yeah. And when you watch the beginning, whenever I watch the beginning of Life Force, I just go, Van Horizon's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, it makes me want to watch that movie Because the ship kind of looks like it, it's right? Very it's similar, very similar right? design. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love, like, that the shot in Event Horizon where you see the, like, the name of the ship and it's yeah. got this, those creepy, like, headlamps that are, like, turned on yeah. and, like, it's some old vaudeville movie sign. Oh, yeah. Ben, it's great. I agree. I, I, the beginning of that movie is really cool. It's really creepy. Fuck this ship. Yeah. <laughs> Best line. Well, the great thing about the Aliens <laughs> movies is the Aliens movies are all different genres. So the first movie is right. a haunted house movie. The second movie is a war movie. The third movie is a prison movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the fourth movie would be. Fourth one's a <laughs> but, Winona Ryder but, clone yeah, movie. Yeah, but so I think you, I think a lot of people who made Aliens ripoffs kind of missed that. They right. just made an Aliens ripoff. They didn't realize that you kind of had to make it mixed with another How genre. would you describe um, Prometheus? I did not see it. No? Unseen. That's really? how I would describe it. It's not that bad. It was not that I, interesting. Not I, that I liked it a lot. I would check it out. If you like if you like that universe, it's worth at least yeah. watching just for the lore of it. All right. You know All right. what I mean? All right. Just like get the, kind of get the whole story. Yeah. You know, I don't as know. Much what, as much that gives to you. What would you call that, though? I mean, I, you can't really call it a horror movie. It's like I guess an action movie. It's a confusing. It's movie. kind of hard sci-fi, I mean, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely sci-fi. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I, I like it. It there's a lot of things that are kind of confusing, obviously, about it. it but it's definitely th- more sci-fi than it is a horror movie. Yeah. I wouldn't call Prometheus a straight-up horror movie. No, at all. no, but I, yeah, I guess yeah, hard mm. sci-fi is, is the best. But some really cool sets and stuff on it. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, some really some 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 cool visuals. I, I like it. It's cool. I'm looking forward to the sequel. I think the sequel is gonna try and make more sense of the first, and right. probably end up being more confusing. So I'm curious to see that. I mean, I was very disappointed by Life Force because as a, I was a diehard uh, reader of Fangoria and Cinefantastique, and they'd been really promoting this movie for like mm. a year while they were making it, and it had been pushed back several times. So I was really anticipating this movie, and I think it could be nothing but disappointing. Yeah, because <laughs> they spent a lot of money. They twenty five million dollars at the time. That's a lot of money. And yeah. You can oh, yeah. see it on the screen. You can yeah. see the money there, yeah. like one hundred percent. But as far as like uh, from a storytelling sen- like standpoint, it's it's just not there. It's miscast. It's not very well directed. It's not very well written. It's it's probably Dan O'Ban's weakest script. Well, uh, apparently he came in like in the middle of it. They had like did eight drafts of the script, and then Dan O'Bannon came in because because like you said before, D- uh, Toby Hooper had uh, Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, he was supposed and, to direct that. Uh, and he's going to direct 3D. it. And Dan O'Bannon uh, wrote it, and then 
uh, he got pulled off that to to do Life Force, and he handpicked Daniel Bannon to right. direct it. Yeah. So then Daniel Bannon came with him over to Life Force, like right. halfway through, because right. both those movies came out in the same year. Yeah, they're both nineteen. Which, which is strange because I feel like the uh, separate special effects people, but the the like raisined, uh, de-lifed guy on the table yeah. looks a lot like. I mean, that the, was the girl from Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. Those guys are cool. That know? was sort of in the water at the time, though. I yeah. Think, too. Yeah, you, it must be. If you look at like even well, it was two years later. But if you look at like Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, like the 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 hitchhiker dead bodies, sort of similar. They, I think they could just the technology allowed them to do that now. Yeah, just like a, a new technique that they yeah. had found. Yeah. So everyone Dick was Miller doing it, like in the new uh, thing. You know? Okay, mm-hmm. that that makes sense actually. I like how those huh. they look right after huh. the light. The uh, Toby Hooper called them the walking shriveled. Yeah, they're husks. Yeah. <laughs> but that's terrible. That's like one of the the biggest uh, um, assets of the movie is how creepy those are. Yeah, I, lo- yeah, I, th- yeah. I wish there was more of those. That's why I kind of will get to the end, but when the zombies kind of change and they don't look like that anymore, I was kind of like, yeah. okay, I thought we were going to be seeing a bunch of these little shriveled guys. Yeah, because those are like that have that weird uncanny, like because they're puppets, they make you uncomfortable the same way that right. like, the characters in the Dark Crystal do. Right. You know? yeah, they look they like sort little of graves. Like human, they look like yeah. little aliens. Yeah, really. and it's really freaky. Yeah. I, to, the, to the point in the end, the last, what, 20 minutes of that movie, I'm like, this would be a great, this is more like I Am Legend than I yeah. Am Legend was. You know, this, this is what I wanted I Am Legend to be. And it's uh, it's very disappointing. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Can you want to play that clip real, real quick? Because uh, this makes me feel weird. All right, Spectral Jeff, roll that yeah. clip. Perfect. Played perfect. Churchill, Churchill, if you read, there are two nude males and one female. This is Churchill. We have no picture. Come in, Tom. Churchill. I said we found a young girl. Girl? You mean human? Definitely humanoid. I'd say she's perfect. I've been in space for six months, and she looks perfect to me. Uh, that line creeps me <laughs> out so much. Well, the, the, the look that the, the girl astronaut looks at her after that. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's like Settle six down, months son. isn't th- that long a time. Like, if he just said she's perfect, she's perfect to me, that's fine. Yeah. When he says that, it makes it sound like he's ready to fuck his mom or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't he's know. He's like, why are you guys even talking about yeah. it? She's got titties. <laughs> yeah. That's all I care yeah. about. Yeah, he has yeah. a girl right next to you. <laughs> yeah, the, and the dialogue's know. very stilted. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if they're going for stylized or what, but the dialogue's very unnatural, and it's very... It really struck me like at, at times Toby Hooper thought he was making 2001. Yeah. And yeah. he's not making 2001. 100% thought he was. If this, Absolutely. If this was a balls out monster movie, it would have been a million times better. Yeah, I totally. Can, I totally Yeah, agree, it's just man. so confusing. Like what the hell he's going for yeah. most of the time. My main beef with this movie is they just get bogged down with the rules of what the vampires are. But they're not consistent. Yeah, either. they're not at all. Like they just like, and then they it, keep just like reiterating. Like, oh, what I actually found out. Yeah, this. piling yeah. and piling and yeah. piling on. Like it should just be like this simple thing to understand. Yeah. But they just keep giving you this new information, and none of it it goes together or makes sense. No, like it's it, it's it steals from the Quatermass original Quatermass movie, which essentially, uh, which if you haven't seen, is amazing. Um, and and those movies were Nigel Neal, who was a writer for BBC, who who 
was such an underrated writer. I actually wrote the first draft of Halloween 3, which is one of my favorite movies. I love Halloween 3. Hell yeah. Um, but the original Quatermass movie was they essentially find these aliens in in a subway tunnel, uh, dead aliens in a subway tunnel in London when they're digging a new tunnel. And then it turns out that these aliens are the origins of human life. And that sort of fit figures in here, along with Arthur C. Clarke's Childhood's End, which is essentially these like higher beings look like the devil. And that's where we got our image of the devil from. So this is like we're getting our image of the traditional vampire from these space uh, vampires who, you know, were psychic vampires that have sort of bat like things. And you can kill them by by basically shoving iron through their chakra right near uh, their heart. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. What is it? Three. The, uh, yeah. You kill them. Through, by, yeah, it has to be wrought iron. Yeah. And right, three right. inches below the heart right. is their energy center. Yeah. Right. It's it's silly. I mean, and if you... He figured it out. He knew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, my fa- so my favorite reinvention of the vampire genre is I Am Legend. And the book is amazing. Uh, if you've never read that book, it's it's unbelievably good. I actually really like the, the Omega Man, um, the the adaption from the 70s. But it's it's really good. And it's, it's Richard Matheson who wrote almost as many Twilight Zones as, as Rod Serling. But he essentially describes AIDS as but airborne, kind of like a combination of AIDS and um, uh, Ebola. And they create these vampires, and it's the last man on Earth. And everything he describes in it, all the pseudoscience, makes sense in the context of the book. So he's like, you need to put a stake through their heart because they need to hemorrhage, and it keeps the wound open and they die because otherwise they heal. There's there's living dead, and then there's ones who are just sick and die. It, like, it, it makes sense in all this, this. It's really well done. And this movie kind of tries to do that but does not succeed. Not yeah. at all. Because... So so what what can we even say like the the rules are so like it can tra- it can all of a sudden a uh, vampire can travel through your mind or at least the original 3 can right they can travel from mind to mind if they've taken some if of your life right. force, so they, they sort of bond force. with you. Only Carlson okay. has that ability. He yeah, because the they've only shared. one who's shared a life because, force yeah. one because of the original he was the initial human that she met so she had to give some to him in order to get some from him in yeah. order to learn what humans are all he, about. He basically yeah. becomes her, her Renfield and her Mina. All right. <laughs> if we use a Dracula reference okay. here. So right. he's sort of her key into, like the vampire sort of had to be invited in, which is which is the traditional vampire right. lore. Yeah, yeah. And they sort of do do that, that the astronauts sort of invite them to Earth and he's sort of the culprit of that. But also, you know, it's when you, like a vampire drinks from the other vampire to change. He's sort of doing that too. But again, it... it it's not clear. I don't yeah. think you even necessarily need clear rules in a vampire movie. You just have to have something that works within that world. Uh, my favorite vampire movie is probably Near Dark, which is nice. just such yeah, a great movie. Never utters the word vampire once. Right. Never has. Yeah. This, never, I guess they don't. Never. Huh? Never not once. Never has a scene where someone's like, I'm the old man who knows about these guys. Let me tell you all the backstory. Right. You don't need it. You don't need it. You don't need rules. You, you can you can inherently just kind of get what's going on if a movie's well done. This movie is not that. <laughs> <laughs> also, did you notice uh, in like the first scene when uh, when like a platform lifts down to let them out into the ship? Yeah, it's just shaped exactly like a coffin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so they're glass like, coffins. They're in, yeah, yeah, they're in the glass coffins. Yeah. Well, like they're uh, like disco coffins, though. Hmm. It's like a lot of this. Some of this just looks like a Euro disco club from 1981. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying, not even the glass coffins. Like the piece of the ship when the astronauts oh, yeah, originally yeah. come yeah. down, when it just like comes down for it them to, like to come the, out uh, of the ship. The Imperial it's Destroyer, the yeah. Star like Destroyer. A 
It's really ham fisted. Like, some of the, some of yeah. the some of the the set design is very ham fisted in this movie. <laughs> That's the the perfect word for it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, a, a lot of it is just that's what bothered me the most It's just piling on rules and piling on rules and uh, that, that's what really lost me this movie was too long i don't know yeah what the extended version would look like because this movie was way too it's long. almost three hours long the extended oh version oh my god the extended version almost three hours Holy long. yeah it's like Shit. two it's over two and a half oh hours my god. so the, the the biggest it, crime that this movie commits is that it, it's wasted potential like nothing's and it's an insincere movie like i can forgive technical issues i can forgive even story issues if it's a sincere a sincere movie like someone made this movie with an intention to make a good movie and tell a good story this movie is by committee it's a mess it's clear that there were concessions made because things were going too long or Clearly stuff wasn't working yeah, or even just like the director was like, oh crap, I gotta, you know, I missed four, we're way behind schedule. Let's just move this here, move this. Um, you know, you have a bunch of writers who kind of all had different takes on it and don't really get what they're going for. But it looks cool. I mean, it's a great movie if you could, if, if there was ever a movie to just like listen to the music and effects track and just kind of sit back and put it on a nice big screen while you're doing something else, yeah. it's probably this movie. Yeah. What I guess uh, Toby Hooper was told towards the end is he's like, uh, they're like, how many scenes do you have to reshoot? And he's like 20 and they're like, pick five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. That shows, man. But at least we have uh, we could see Patrick Stewart who is in this movie. We could see yeah. his first right. on screen kiss. That's right. That's right. With uh, it's a doozy. Too. With, with another man. Yeah. 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 With, with old Steve Rails back. Yeah. I think we've all dreamed about that. It's essential moment. Yes, it's it's he's it's fan fiction before fan fiction. <laughs> uh, yeah, it it has a good cast. Like especially a lot of the British actors are, are there's some a right. lot of faces you'll recognize and a lot of good actors. But again, it and then at the end with sort of weird Christian Christ symbolism, like they're there mm. where they go to St Paul's Cathedral and there's like a like a very um, uh, uh, crucifix crucifixion type scene and it's just it's like what are you going for right here? and and i think it, i would be interested to see the extended cut because I, I feel like the more interesting parts of the movie are the beginning where you get that more like space exploration even it's very similar to alien but i like that i think that's interesting to to give the vampires a little bit more of like context where the you know there's this ship they discover in the comet and the ending too which i won't get into right now but the whole just the whole outbreak and like the the pandemic and the chaos yeah. of the end like those parts of the movie it's bookended with like some pretty interesting cool stuff it gets bogged down with like what we're talking about with all the rule establishing and how much of the movie in the middle takes place in just these kind of like um hospital rooms and yeah. people being like i've also discovered this about the, the and vampires. it's like three different movies and I, right. I i wish i could attribute this to whoever said it because it's someone much smarter than me but and this i don't think is 100 percent true but it's pretty true the, the difference between sci-fi and horror is explanation that's literally the difference. So you have a monster that's trying to kill you. That's a horror movie. If you if you explain that that monster is a misunderstood alien from the planet Aros and is trying, now it's a sci-fi movie. But the the mechanics of it are exactly the same. And so this movie seems like we made a horror movie. Oh, it's too much of a horror movie. Put in a bunch of explanations so it can be more of a sci-fi movie. Yeah, it, it was just a mess. That's interesting, especially with the uh, the conversation I was just having before with about like Predator and Jurassic Park, how I consider right. them to be horror movies. Yeah, but people say they're sci-fi movies because I mean, if you just replace like Predator with a just a guy with dreadlocks killing people, then it's a horror movie. Which there I, is a horror movie that Predator ripped off. Oh, I, I assume of course there is. Yeah, uh, nineteen eighty-one. The movie is called. Oh, what is it? Graydon Clark directed it. It's uh, it's um. 
the redheaded guy from CSI. Um, oh crap! Oh, I, I know his you name know, too. It's, uh, David something. Uh, uh, I can't think of it. It's like the first movie he did, and even the aliens played by uh, Kevin Peter Hall, who plays the Predator and Predator. Huh. Um, it's called it's called nice. Without Warning. Okay. And it is exactly Predator. Nice. And it it's from it's a horror movie. The alien on Safari? Yes. It's a hunter alien. It is exactly Predator. Because the difference to me between uh like sci fi and horror, like if you can replace just one thing in the movie and then that makes it a horror, then I think it's still a horror. Like it, it like if it's it's more if it's there are more elements that are sci fi in it then it's definitely sci-fi. Like I, I think Predator is more of an action horror movie than it is sci-fi because just because it's an alien, oh, it's not sci-fi uh, you know, at all. Doesn't dictate that. But a lot of people say that, and even Jurassic Park too, they consider that science fiction. Jurassic like it, Park is a classic '70s style nature run amok movie. Yeah, it's yeah. you know, it's the Deadly Bees, it's Night of the Lepus, it's but, just dinosaurs, and it's done well. People keep yelling <laughs> yeah. fucking sci-fi well, at me. Like, they're wrong. Well, yeah. they're well, wrong. Well, here's where, where I stand on it briefly: is like I agree, I, I agree with um, and what Mark Gallagher said too. I look at Predator as a slasher movie, essentially a serial yeah. killer movie. Yeah. Like, he's from space, so there's the sci-fi element. But the thing is, and it, and like honestly, I really do feel like the scores in these movies are what kind of give you establish the tone and the tonality is what Absolutely. determines whether it's horror or sci-fi. And that's why Jurassic Park, while I consider it to be a monster movie, which you would kind of categorize more in the horror, there's just something about like that that John Williams like triumphant score and just the content of the fact that they aren't monsters, they're dinosaurs. And we yeah. all owned dinosaur books when we were kids. And there's something on Jurassic Park that just leans a little bit more on the action side to me. Like, there are parts that are really creepy, like the velociraptors in the kitchen. Like, that's like a horror movie scene right there. You know what I mean? But just uh, there's just so many parts of it that sep- that make it more of a fun adventure movie. It's like the new movie Jurassic World. You couldn't even come close to considering a horror no, movie. No, absolutely that's, not. That's a total adventure movie. And so I, I would... I would consider Jurassic Park more of an adventure thriller than horror overall, even well, though it chi- is a monster movie. It's a movie. children's movie. Right. I mean, that's so, yeah. you, so by the nature it's of it. It's about marketing toys. Yeah, you yeah. have to neuter oh, yeah. the horror a bit, but, you know, at its core. And that that was the generation of Spielberg and George Lucas and those guys. What, what they ended up doing, which in a lot of ways ruined things, but they pillaged sort of B-movies, horror movies, genre movies, and made them mainstream movies. Right, uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, Indiana Jones, but Jaws, uh, you know, all the... And if you look at movies now that are all event movies... And they've just taken everything from horror movies and genre movies and done them as big budget studio movies. And that was really kind of that the the Spielberg crew that sort of brought that up to the forefront, you know, making a movie like E.T. about a friendly alien. Before that, it was all aliens are here to kill us. You know, it was it was sort of mining that sort of thing and sort of sanitizing it and presenting it in a in a way that was sort of family friendly and more mainstream. Mm -hmm. And and that's why we have all of the all of the movies are comic book movies now or genre movies that that do well that was really the blockbuster movies that was never the case yeah how do you um i actually just kind of want to follow this a little bit and uh we'll get back to life force in a little while but uh so how do you feel about horror right now how do you feel about the state Um, of horror as a genre there's very little that i've seen that i thought was good i i feel like we have a lot of people because it's so much easier to make a movie now uh the the idea doesn't have to be great. Yeah. People don't have to pitch a movie saying, I'm going to make a good movie and it's going to make money. And, and so a lot of times we get these movies that it's someone like, Hey, my favorite movie is 
Friday the 13th, so I'm going to make Friday the 13th. And you get a lot of these movies that it's like, it's set in 1985. It's like, why have you set it in 1985? <laughs> What's the reason? Because you like movies from 1985? Why don't you make a movie that... If you watch Night of the Creeps, that's a perfect example of how to make a movie that pays homage to the movies you loved growing up, but is something new and interesting. And I see very little of that. There, there are very few sort of modern horror movies that I've seen that aren't just, you know, we threw the cat out at you to scare you or aren't just, um, you know, a retread of the exorcist or, or poltergeist, you know, there's very little that I've seen that that's new. It's a lot of jump scare bullshit. Cause yeah, it's well, jump scare and that looks like it hurts. Cause what I hear a lot from people is, uh, you know, people will say like, Hey, that movie wasn't scary. Like, I don't know if you saw the witch, no. um, but we just watched them with the witch and a lot of people really hated that. They're like, oh, that movie wasn't scary, you know, because there aren't things popping out at you and like loud noises. Right, but they it's want a like, roller coaster ride. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, but it's just a deep psychological movie that's just extremely tense the entire time. And I like, we thought it was fantastic. I'll tell you, you know? what the scariest <laughs> movie uh, of the 21st century is is Requiem for a Dream. That is 100% a horror movie. It is 100% a horror movie. That is absolutely, unequivocally a horror movie. And it is... I'll agree to that. Innovative and agree to good and, and, and terrifying, and it, it's disturbing and sticks with you. That's that's some deep psychological horror, man. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, absolutely. Christ. But even the way it's shot, the score, everything about it is a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. Jesus Christ. So would you say that's... Uh, you say it's a horror movie, or would you say it's a scary movie? It is a horror movie. Really? Horror. Horrific. Did you re- uh, read the book, Wrecking for a Dream? I did, yeah. I went through a big Hubert Selby. The, the book is his. is a lot more disturbing to Absolutely. me. Absolutely. All his books are. I mean, I mean that yeah, guy was Last Exit to Brooklyn. Have you ever read that? that? No, I've heard. But, yeah, I mean, Oof. even just, yeah, the way that that book is written, because, I mean, obviously the, the movie, like, doesn't really sensationalize heroin. It makes it, like, yeah. train spotting, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. it's fucking terrifying. But, yeah, that the book's really, yeah, the book makes you feel kind of icky. Like Yeah, well, the movie it. does, too. I mean, it, it, it yeah. is a true horror movie. That, yeah. that movie is absolutely That's horror interesting. Movie. It doesn't have to have, you know, a monster or a killer, yeah. you know, it's that movie's disturbing and, yeah. and, and makes you in and sticks with you. That that's the thing that um I think makes the difference. If it's I don't like roller coaster rides. I don't want a distraction. If I want to the thing I love about horror as a genre is that it always reflects the times best because you can get away with a lot more. And it's usually not even intentional, but it, it reflects what we are worried about what is scary for people now for whatever reason. And so in times of turmoil, you get the best horror movies. So in the, in the 2000s, we were getting a lot of movies that were a reflection on terrorism or um, viral outbreaks or uh, torture and things that, you know, because that was kind of what was in the air. You know, in the 70s, you're getting movies like Death Dream that's essentially about the Vietnam War. You know, you're getting movies uh, like Nightmare, uh, um, Night of the Living Dead, which is also kind of about the counterculture. You know, they're not intentional. Uh, you know, I think it just kind of seeps in because that's what people are scared that's the, of. The zeitgeist, you know? Yeah. And they, yeah. they make movies about that. Um, have you watched It Follows at all? I have not. You should watch The Witch and It Follows. Cause it, it, those are the last two movies, uh, I think, in a really, really long time that uh, are good horror. Like, in the, uh, just completely original ideas yeah. I was uh, them out. presented by fresh directors. Um, and they're absolutely great. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll check them out. I, I mean, I, 
I think one thing that that I like about horror movies lately that horror movies have been getting right are some of the home invasion movies that have been coming out. Like we talked a little bit on the last podcast like funny about ga- funny games. Funny games, and... you're next. We talked about um, the strangers. Like funny games or funny games. Funny games. Oh, okay. Right, right. Have you not but seen see, funny no, games? I've seen funny games. Yeah, I saw yeah. the original the original one. Yeah. I didn't yeah. see the uh, the, the, the original American is a, literally a shot for shot. Yeah, that's what I hear. Same guy directed it. Same. Yes. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that yeah, movie. There's a, there's a few movies. It's disturbing, and they're but the vanishing was also that same director. I love. I thought out of all those, my favorite is the strangers. But I think that there is something you know. There always is like every one of us knows somebody or has some kind of parents or family member or friends that have like a house in the woods right there that whole like thought that you know that concept of being alone in the it's woods and somebody movie. knock yeah right but i mean it, i think that like and that's relevant whenever i mean when we've all been like in the house alone and been creeped out so i feel like those movies uh, when they're done well and, they're, and it they don't, doesn't have to be much to it it can be a pretty basic plot but it yeah. you know if it's done well and it's not just all jump scares but it's got a little ingenuity to it a little bit of creepiness to it i, I think though there we've seen some of those uh, some good home invasion movies lately. i have a theory as to why we're seeing so many more sort of supernatural and horror things in mainstream culture now um and it's you know maybe a, a garbage theory but with millennials they're very very focused on rules you know, the rules are very important and horror and especially the way that we're seeing it now, which really focuses on like supernatural horror and magic and that sort of things are very, very rule centric. Yeah. That monster is killed with this kind of knife. That zombie can only do this. The, in, in, in a world that's scary, uh, you know, where you have people who are just psychotic. They just killed you for no, there is no reason. You can't reason with them. Right. There's nothing you could do. They can put order to it. Yeah, they I know can how to kill that thing. It. If right, I was right. in that, exactly. I, I would know what there's to do. There's order and there's rules yeah. and you can follow it. And in the 70s, we saw the exact opposite. And like the reason, so if we compare, say, Rob Zombie's Halloween, which is garbage, with the original Halloween, which is an absolutely perfect movie, the thing that makes that scary is... Is that you have a human being, not a monster, a human being who for no reason just kills somebody and then becomes uh, essentially a shark. Like you cannot reason with them. There is no reason for what they're doing. They are no longer human, but they are a human. And that's what's terrifying. But at the same time, it, it follows rules of its own as well. And maybe like, you, you know, I mean, like not, not the even first just the, one, not even just the slasher, but kind of. I mean, there there are themes that are like th- that was the first, you know, like Jamie Lee Curtis. She, she doesn't have sex or she does do drugs in the movie, but she's essentially yeah. the virgin. She's the pure one. Michael Myers doesn't go after the kids. You know, there are still rules. Kids and final girl and all th- that. There's the final group but the kids are safe you know we've had our discussions about jason and how jason doesn't follow a lot of rules but he does have rules so i i totally see what you're saying but i feel like any kind of horror movie sets up its own world of rules within itself i mean you can't have anarchy that's the scariest thing right. complete yeah. chaos is the scariest thing right. which is why like in life force the most effective scary scenes i think are are when london is burning and there's yeah. people running and it doesn't make any sense it's terrifying yeah there's zombies now kind of instead yeah. of yeah. vampires it's 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 terrifying look at that loop back yeah, but there's you know there's there's no rules. There's you can't figure out what the. It's not like a video game. You can't say oh they can't touch me right. here and I need to get to this. But it's just like what's happening. I don't understand what's happening and I don't know how to do anything, and that's terrifying. And people don't want to see a movie that does that because it's uh, it's unsettling. They want to see something that they want a catharsis where they can go. That's the horrific thing. Now it's all solved. Or that's the rule. Now I don't have to worry about. It. Oh, you know what was a good uh, horror movie that I I really enjoyed and and but really disturbed me and bummed me out was The Descent. The Descent's great. The Descent is really good. And the scene that actually 
still haunts me and that's what i tend to focus on in horror movies that are usually like specific scenes is when she kills her friend with the pickaxe yeah absolutely it, that's, that, the, that's the that's the most the horrifying scene yeah. in the whole movie and it's a yeah. jump scare yeah. but it makes sense because the characters it makes sense within the context of the movie and it has so much more of an impact because of the way that it's done and the way that that story is told it's like why didn't it happen in a movie before that yeah you know what i mean i you would it's so easy for it to happen in that situation. Oh yeah, absolutely. But that guy's great. He did Dog Soldiers too, which is like yeah. one of my favorite. Like, Dog movies. Soldiers. Uh, a, a guy I know uh, makes a lot of movies for Sci Fi Channel. All those terrible movies, and uh, Dog Soldiers is the movie that Sci Fi Channel reverse engineered to give you. When you make a movie for Sci Fi Channel, a monster movie, they give you basically a Mad Libs form, <laughs> and they don't care what the movie is. They don't care what it, as long as it has a crazy <laughs> title, and you follow this formula. And the way they got the formula was they watched Dog Soldiers, which was their highest rated movie they ever showed, and they mapped it out. They said you get a, this thing at this minute before this commercial break. This happens. Whoa. So really? They they use Dog Soldiers even as down to like commercial breaks. Yeah, for, that, like, specifically. Really? Commercial commercial breaks they want a certain thing at this at this mark because that's that commercial break that's and they they literally went through the ratings minute by minute of dog soldiers and that's what they used to make this template for all their movies that's insane yeah (laughs) wow yeah jesus christ i absolutely adore dogs yeah dog soldiers we we gotta do an episode on dogs it's a good movie absolutely um uh, what what was it that i wanted to say edit what were we talking about before the descent uh, well, Life Force was the episode. Rules, Halloween. I lost it. Yeah. It's gone. Uh, that's fine. Uh, at what time are we at? Uh, actual time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 o'clock. No, I'm saying on the... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to tell. 480. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, we're about an hour in, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably about an hour. Cool. Um, even a little more. Yeah, at this point, I don't even give a shit if we talk about Life Force. I mean, there's not much more else to say. It's kind of an interesting disaster. It's fun to watch probably once. It looks cool. Um, I I will say I love Invaders from Mars, which Toby Hooper made as his second movie in the canon. Is that like just super similar to... It's not at all. It's a remake of the 1950s movie, and that movie is much smaller. It's much more coherent and is is really terrifying, and and it... manages to there was a big trend in the 80s of remaking movies from the 50s and they were all good the blob remake is unbelievable the fly is an amazing movie Uh, invasion of the body snatchers uh which was 78 and then they remade it in 92 as body snatchers Mm -hmm. um but those movies have these really amazing primal sort of fears in them and invaders from mars is this really great allegory about sort of being afraid of your parents and it's it's it really captures like kind of what it's like to be a kid and not have any control over anything and is is really sort of a weird fever dream of a movie, but also sort of works on the level of just being a good sort of action movie. And hmm. it, it's a great, great movie. I, I think it's probably Toby Hooper's second best movie easily, um, probably his least personal one. It's kind of, you know, you just sort of journeyman made it, but it's uh, it's really good. So you said you like. Texas Chainsaw 2 better than Texas 1. I do. Which is interesting. Because that's uh it's way more of like a like a comedic. It's a crazy yeah, movie. It's it's absolutely fucking crazy. But it's but, very 80s and it's very subversive. I I like one personally more because one one to me, I mean besides like Peeping Tom, like that was kind of the the first like re- real slasher, I feel like that really set a lot of rules. I think it was before um, Halloween. Sort of. I it, mean, it's, it set a lot of rules. Like, have yeah. you ever read uh, Men, Women, and Chainsaws before? Yeah. 
Uh, what do you think? What do you think about that? I mean, I I think right. that the the first slasher movies were the Giallo movies in yeah. Italy in the in the '60s, which were based on a series of books that were sort of the black glove killer books. So you have like Mario Baba's Blood and Black Lace, which was predated that a lot and really set a lot of the rules with the with the POV camera and and a lot of that stuff. Uh, black Christmas is is a huge one for the oh, for true. the um for that. But yeah, I think it's definitely an, an early one for sure. Um, it's I. It's it's a fairy tale. It's essentially a fairy tale. Uh, Text Chainsaw Massacre. It's it's don't go in the woods and you go to you know it's Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of ways, it 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 also has some interesting things about um you know the the most interesting things in Text Chainsaw Massacre to me are the fact that they worked at the slaughterhouse and they don't anymore and they're treating humans like they you know it, it says a lot about sort of the Rust Belt weird move away from manufacturing stuff in the Well, that was all happening then, too. Yeah, there? absolutely. Hundreds of, hundreds of people were getting laid off and stuff. Yeah, and like that, that. that stuff. the theme of, like, of the movie, of, like, of why they right. Yeah, and then, we, then we're eating each other. Yeah, yeah, And, and right. that, that part is interesting to me, but the movie, yeah. I, I just feel like it doesn't hold up that well. Really? I, I've, I've watched it many times, and it just, it doesn't, something about it, it, I've watched it and found it scary, and I've watched it and found it really silly. Uh, you know, it's not. It, I don't know what it is about that movie. I, I, I'm very sort of hot and cold. I think there's something su- super just like psychologically like intense about that movie that fucks with you. Like it was. I've talked on the first podcast. Like I got really scared about that movie before I saw it because there was a poster that I would see a lot as a yeah. kid, and it just like embedded itself in my brain. And there, there's just like so many things with the nightmare formula that I love, like the how long that chase scene is in the woods, and Leatherface is right behind her the whole time, and it's based after yeah. psychologically like what you go through in a nightmare and that concept of yeah. a shadowy figure chasing you and being right behind you but can't quite catch you, and yeah, just like and the whole the whole last shot, just like the chaos of the movie. There's yeah. something and the environment, just something and the way that it, it looks and the year it came out, every something about it like for Halloween for me, it just hits everything right on the head. Well, the best really thing about effective. that movie is the score. The, oh, score the score is, is amazing. It's yeah. terrifying and weird and unsettling. And yeah. it, it the sound, me, just the yeah, sound effects. The sounds in that movie remind yeah. me of like Eraserhead, which I would also mm-hmm. classify as a, as a horror movie. Hundred percent. I think I think everyone um, does. Yeah, I think everyone's on board. I still have to um, see Eraserhead. Oh, Eraserhead's fan, especially if you like Texans and Magic. Like, yeah. I feel like Texans and Magic and Eraserhead came out of America at the same exact time. They they're made at the same time. Um, they actually sort of mine a lot of the same fears in a lot of ways, but I really identify so much more with Eraserhead than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. I mean, I think it's just like a weird how you're wired kind of thing. All right. I'm not that much of a Lynch guy. Yeah. See, fair. I love, I love David Lynch. I'm not a Lynchman. Yeah. Not a Lynchman. Not a, one, one of the Lynchpins. One of the Lynchpins. No, yeah. Is that what he calls his fans? No. I just, I just coined that. I just <laughs> yeah. coined that right now. Well, we call our fans yeah. deadheads. Yeah. Um, we were yeah, the first we, yeah. one to come up with that. Yeah. No one's ever had no deadheads before. Dead yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's very original. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Texture's a Massacre 2, like that, that first opening scene with the Ongo Boingo song and, and, it's nice. fantastic. Oingo Boingo has a song. Though? Yeah, but it's so well because Oingo Boingo was was a kind of a cool, dark, weird band. Does Danny Elfman score the movie? No, it was his band. What is, of, is it? Right. Dead, Dead Man's Party? Is no, that, it's no? uh, it's No One Lives Forever. Oh man, yeah, No One Lives Forever, and it's so effective. <laughs> and that scene's terrifying and, and crazy and just really gripping. Uh, and it reminds me of uh, another another horror movie, one of my favorite horror movies, also made by Eric Red, who did Near Dark is The Hitcher. And the Hitcher, the original, from, the Hitcher, yes, from 1986, same year as Texas Massacre Two, has a, a sort of a weird, similar vibe to it, and it, it just has, it's just a, it's a more engaging movie for me, and there's just, it's just crazy and weird, and and just you know the original times ten, it's a completely different movie, but is uh, a lot more 
it seems to have a lot more depth to me. So what do you, what do you think at this point about the future of horror? Because we are in we're at a point right now where horror seems to be more popular, but in a completely different way. Like we we are having all these TV shows um, of franchises popping up that no one really wanted. And, yeah, you know, some stay, some flake out, and I I f- I feel like like it. In my heart, I want I want it to get its, you know, the right amount of attention so people can make good horror again. But at the same time, they're still making a lot of garbage. Like it's, I mean, I I'll, it's, I'll like maybe like three horror movies right, a year, right? You know, that come out. I think it's it's not the it's not necessarily that it's more popular. It's more mainstream. I guess so, that's so, the right which way to kind put of it. neuters it. You know, like yeah. it, like if you look yeah. at the Nightmare on Elm Street series, uh, as Freddy Krueger gets more popular, he gets more jokey and kid friendly, mm. and that that happens in weird things. You know, you get the the Toxic Avenger becomes a cartoon series. You know, for kids, that's sort of what's happened. But as a culture, you know, when you have stuff like Monster High dolls and sort of goth culture and weird things that were health you know, goths. Yeah, it's you know that's all sort of mainstream and and kind of cuddly. Like they're sort of embracing these things. And when you look at the Twilight light series and stuff it's like no they're vampires who are undead horrific demonic creatures <laughs> are now like handsome you know it's kind of cool you know and you sort of like highlander is a vampire movie without without vampires like that's we've kind of it's become, pretty life force it is exactly it, highlander, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of lightning going highlander on is a vampire there's yeah. there, highlander is a vampire movie in all ways except for blood drinking and if you like we've grown into highlander as a culture like we've gone from dracula to highlander as a culture for vampire like that's sort of where we're at you know and it it, it sort of removed the the horror from uh, the allegory is gone, I think, in a lot of things. Yeah. Which is why you see home invasion movies. Right. And you see yeah. things about, like, ghosts, and they're very much about, like, the visceral, you know, punch you in the face kind of horror. Well, and go, to what you were saying, Ken, about, um, I would say, like, almost on the opposite spectrum of that is that what we're seeing with horror movies is, like, like Platinum Dunes and, and production companies like that that are taking these characters, and it's all about, like, injecting this, like, brutal realism into it and, right. and make them make Michael Myers as scary and big as right. possible. No no longer are serial killers short, like, in the new Jason movie. You know, it's right. like, he's giant. It's yeah. like, and, and I'm a fan of a lot of the Rob Zombie movies, and I really like um, Devil's Rejects, and I'm excited for the new movie 31 and stuff. But It's like, very juvenile, though. But it's it, very it, juvenile. It, but it's like, I remember Halloween 2. I did not like Halloween 2, um, the Rob Zombie remake. There's, I mean, there's like a part when he like steps on this guy's head and just like, it's so visceral and intense and it doesn't really serve any purpose. Like it sucked to, he made Halloween way less creepy, like by A, giving Michael Myers a backstory, which wasn't necessarily. Oh, he's abused in white trash. Like that's not scary. That's not scary. A person you look at, if you look at a person with just dead eyes and you know, I cannot reason with this person. I can't give them my money to make them stop. They they don't want anything from me. They're a human being that is dead. That's horrifically terrifying you dehumanize somebody and made them into just a, an animal right and that's scary and now but these days are like yeah like you were saying they're try- everything has to be explained there has to be a backstory to everything you have to like stories. right yeah exactly you don't need that we are way too caught up with origin stories yeah. and it's no like and they're form they're following a formula like 
think we're all sick of the fucking like Marvel. We're not all that fucking stories. dumb. Like we can get it, yeah, especially get if it. we already have like an idea of what it was. Like you don't right. need to redo Jason's a, origin so story. So there's two things. It, do it. It's just, like, just we know who Jason yeah. is. Pick need, off from don't there. Don't need to see fucking Uncle Ben die again. But like, you know what? I, I, right. like, I which I'm glad you didn't with, it. The, with yeah. the new Peter Pan. Uh, I, it was cool to Peter not Pan? have an origin. <laughs> the new, yeah. the uh, new the, Peter Pan was great. I will say this about the Friday Thirteenth remake. I actually enjoy that more than the first Friday Thirteenth movie. I think it managed to take. The, the best parts excuse me of the first three Friday the 13th mm. movies and make them into one coherent movie I liked the intro of the Friday the 13th I did like that they yeah. called back to the original um, yeah. the, the original few movies and caught them up to speed but I agree and now like we talked a while ago on the Friday the 13th episode about how they're it's in flux kind of what's going to happen with this new movie but now I've heard the latest is what I've heard is that it's going to it's going to be super origin story and it's going to involve Jason's dad and involve yeah. all this other shit. And we don't need a we Friday the 13th need, movie. But we the, don't need a Friday 13th origin story. I would love to just see a good Friday 13th movie where Jason's just killing people because that's what Jason does. Yeah. But everyone <laughs> wants answers. Like you said right. these people are obsessed with rules yeah. and also answer everyone wants yeah. to know everything and that uh, I don't want to completely understand Jason. But I think I think right. it's a few th- I think one one, a, a lot of the reason we get these origin stories all the time is, is not because people don't know it. It's because the executives greenlighting don't know it. They go, I don't know what this story is about. Put it in the movie, which is one. Two, you have studios who don't want to risk money, so they're only making things with proven properties. Yeah. So you're getting remake after remake. They remade Cabin Fever. That movie's only 10 years old. Yeah, or 13 I heard that. Years old. But you are know, they actually shot, doing that? It's already, they already, already did done. It. Shot it's for out, shot. Done. Yeah. It's out? Shot for yeah. shot. Yeah. Remake like, of Cabin Fever. or something? Oh, who knows? It yeah. fucking failed. Thank right. God. Like, but right. but Jesus that's what they're Christ, doing. Why? That's yeah. what they're doing. Well, I think part of it is also nostalgia used to run in twenty-year cycles. So, like in the seventies, you had fifties nostalgia. In the eighties, uh. you had sixties. You know, it's nineties, seventies. But then around the year two thousand, we started getting like nineties nostalgia, and then like by two thousand ten, we had two thousands <laughs> nostalgia. It really did. And part of that was because the internet, so people could really like go back oh, and look man. at these things. But like, we don't need another Friday the Thirteenth movie. And part of it is because those movies just come out every summer. Right. And it was like a TV show. And people didn't really rent movies immediately. They wouldn't get on cable. You wouldn't get a video store until six months a year later. So they were kind of an event you would go to every year. And now you don't need that because we can call up on our phones or our TVs all of those movies. Every horror movie ever made, we can watch whenever we want. Yeah. So I would rather see something interesting and new rather than rehashing something because I don't need that. I can watch that movie now. Right. You know, I, I can watch The Fly now. I can watch all those movies whenever I want. And that's not the sort of culture that we're in at the moment, which is very strange. Um, You know, a lot of people don't tend to explore stuff that is sort of before the millennium in a lot of weird ways. So I don't think anyone who saw the Halloween remake went back and watched the original. Uh, Very few people went back and watched the original Friday the 13th, which is strange to me. Normally, that's not how it works. You know, if you hear a band that does a cover song you really like, you'll probably go back and check out the songs, you know. Um, But but the, the, the people watching these movies don't really do that and it's because you don't need to because it's already established its own origin and it, and, yeah. and it wants to be accessible to people that didn't necessarily right. grow up with right. the originals right and and you know i i don't know i don't know where we're going with it i you know it's not, there's not really a sense of fun in horror movies right anymore. that that's what sucks to me about horror movies now they're, yeah. they're, the, the creativity and the fun has just been sucked out of everything it's a lot like what we're talking everything has to have rules everything ha- is a rehashing or it has to make sure that the audience like really understands why this guy is killing people yeah or they're big budget movies so one of the reasons we got all these innovative genre movies was because they had lower budgets so they had to be a little more creative, creative and innovative yeah. with the idea and the hook and everything else that they made with the movie but now you have a big budget 
budget. They everything's very done by committee. You know, right. they 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 don't want to take any risks because there there's a lot more financially on the line. And you know, you don't tend to get good art that way. Right. It's really come down to mostly fresh directors. If it's someone's first horror movie or a first movie in general that they've done, it really tends to be a lot better. Like The Witch and like It Follows. These are their right. debut yeah. and like uh um Oculus, I know he did uh, maybe two movies beforehand, but I thought Oculus was pretty great. Um, well, and you, very if, different. If you look at a movie <laughs> like Donnie Darko, which okay. <laughs> in, in many ways is a horror movie, it and, is, and a Richard bit. Kelly made that movie, I was like, wow, this guy's got something going. It's really interesting. And then when I see his director's cut and everything he's made after, I'm like, oh, he's a terrible director, and that was a complete fluke. You know, so <laughs> so it's hard to tell too. You know, someone's first movie is really interesting, and you're like, oh, that was actually. An interesting movie because the studio meddled with it and made it a little bit less what he was going for and he didn't know what he was doing because he made the box which is awful and is a great Ugh. story uh richard matheson's story again um and you're dealing with this great um you know source material and you make a terrible movie it was that was a richard matheson story yeah the original really? short story is a richard matheson story. i know i definitely read that story in high school yeah. like multiple richard times. matheson also did like the incredible shrinking man um richard matheson's richard matheson is one of the uh, sort of unsung architects of everything that we have in mainstream you know genre now was created by richard matheson and jack kirby they've been ripped <laughs> off unbelievably jack kirby baby Everything, right. so much of Jack yeah. Kirby's weird. Ken, I'm learning so stuff. much from you. I'm sorry, I tend to talk. <laughs> no, it's yeah. uh, no, it's literally. I'm taking notes on. <laughs> I, I, I have so many movies that I'm going to go back and watch. But <laughs> you, I mean, some of the best horror I've seen really is is on TV. Like two of the best horror, um, just hours of television were episodes of Fringe. Um, yeah, episode, I, I, I'm a yeah, huge Fringe. The the, the ballerina episode. Um, where the guy's piecing together the 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 ballerina and reanimating her season oh, four. Right. Oh right. Oh oh yeah. The, pu the whole puppet yes. thing. Yeah. That terrifying was and disturbing and, yeah. and well done. And part of that is because those characters were great. Yeah. You cared about them. You cared about what happened to them. And that's what a lot of this stuff is missing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, White Tulip. Speaking of Peter Weller, that episode Wait, is. So which one's that? Uh, Peter Weller is time traveling. He keeps trying to go back to save his wife. Oh, oh, right, oh, right, man. right. Brutal, brutal, and so good and scary. White Tulip. Yeah. That's a movie? No, it's no, an episode. episode of the show Fringe. Oh, it's an episode of Fringe. Yeah. I don't think I ever saw that oh, one. Oh, man. I, it's I remember. Real I, good. I think I watched like the first two seasons. Yeah. I think I remember something of the Ballerina episode. It reminds me of that movie, uh, Levide, Levide. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I know it's not exactly like that, but yeah. it's the, well, you know, a ballerina. On, yeah. Like a, there's well, an episode like body on string. There's yeah. an episode of Fringe uh. that's Inception. And yeah. I and I swear to God, Christopher Nolan took Inception from this episode of Fringe. Absolutely, it's the one where they um, where he t uh, Walter takes acid to yeah. like go inside of somebody's dream. Yeah, and then it's like dreams within dreams. Yeah, and it's I remember watching them. I was like, what the fuck? This is Inception. Yeah, I can't remember the name of that one. But but that but that show was very influenced by David Cronenberg by the movie Altered States, which is certainly a horror movie, although yeah. it got kind of, which is a great movie. Mm. Um, and and you know, in real genius. Yeah. <laughs> thing, what, what's uh, Walter Bishop's great quote about Alston again? I never liked Alston. Yeah, all right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I put that um, in a mix. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, so we're getting we're getting sort of hours of television that I think are some of the better horror movies. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, same with going back to, like, Twilight Zone and X-Files. Yeah. I mean, some of those. I've read some article recently that was, um, it was, like, 10 Twilight Zone episodes that should be movies. And that was cool. And then you think about how many movies are just Twilight Zone storylines. 
Well, the other thing is too that movies are setting harm, especially they're they're intending to make them as the start of a franchise, and that doesn't yes. make for a good story. And so, that's my issue with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. I mean, every movie is just yeah. like the chapter in like the, well, this twenty bucks you just spent is just gonna set you up for the next. No, $20 I want a self-contained. Story. We already know, make, right? Yeah, make you know? the movies yeah. work on their own, man. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, even like in the garbage that was Batman v Superman. I mean, the whole movie is just a preamble to this whole DC universe. And the and best, I didn't even yeah. see it, and I don't know anything about it. But I, do you see his parents die? Oh hell yeah! yeah. Of course you fucking yeah. do. Because in every single Batman thing that has that, ever that is existed, the opening scene of the fucking movie. His parents die. Yeah. We all know. We all know. But in we every know. single thing, animated, live action, otherwise. We're going to see fucking yeah. Tom and Martha get... I was rolling you know, my eyes from the first scene yeah. of the movie. Did you get some of the... Like, Batman the Animated Series had some great horror episodes. Mm. Oh, uh, The Mr. Yeah. Freeze episode, the Man Bat episode. Like, there's some really great classic Big, uh, horror. Clayface. Clayface, yeah. The Feet yeah. of Clayface. I mean, you get some mm. classic good horror in that, yeah. Dude, that yeah, show. Yeah, Heart of Ice and the, yeah. the, the first one, the Man Bat. I yeah. love Lone Leather oh, Wings. Yeah. Yeah. Man yeah. Bat. Leather Wings. Wings. Yeah. The first one, dude. Absolutely. Absolutely Scarecrow awesome. in the animated series was yeah. really creepy, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A lot of Batman villains are very creepy. I would love to see, like, a Batman man horror movie yeah i mean Dude, if they did the long halloween or something right yeah. right which well, they the, they mined a lot for some of the christopher nolan stuff right and apparently you know so the new one that they're making ben affleck is writing and directing and starring in this new batman movie and it's like very little is known about it but that was kind of according to a lot of fans like the one kind of positive to come out of the batman v superman was um ben affleck's take on it was cool because it was kind of a return to the um the dark knight returns batman and like right. an old withered batman he's also a great bruce wayne that was like he I was mean, good it's, it's getting ben off hard was but good yeah. and you, i, I would trust yeah. him with a. With, yeah. I, i'd much rather see a ben affleck directed batman movie than a fucking Zack snyder batman well also movie. chris christian bill was terrible i hated christian i like i liked christian he was bill. christian bill was batman. a decent batman and a terrible bruce wayne and that's uh that's a big big problem i, I liked him I, I liked him as bruce wayne yeah. I mean, best batman is a scary batman which is why i like uh, right. batman the animated series yeah that's so much point. especially he's like they created an entire art style yeah. yeah like dark deco they created yeah. that just like black backgrounds you never see the fucking sun yeah. Not once, yeah, yeah. and everyone is just afraid of Batman. Well, the best yeah. stuff in yeah. the in the Nolan Batman franchise is the stuff with the Scarecrow. That was yeah. the yeah, best great. stuff in all three of the movies, bar none. That was the best stuff. Well, and the that, Joker itself too. I mean, like he that that was a horror movie take on that. Yeah, character. again, that's a person you can't reason with. Right. You don't know the rules that they're operating under. They're unpredictable, and that's scary. Chaos yeah. is scary. Anarchy is scary. Those are at its core. Those are what people fear the most and i just and that's why i love the the dark knight i mean i love the dark knights in my top 10 of all time but i just love the concept of batman created the joker in that world yeah joker exists as the antithesis to batman batman is not necessarily a symbol of good but he's got rules and regulations and he wants to do well but by abiding by his rules and so he creates the joker who's the exact opposite there are no rules there's chaos but the whole concept, if you're going to dress up like a bat and beat up criminals, I'm going to dress up like a fucking clown and blow up buildings yeah. and rob banks. Yeah. Like, And that's scary. Like, inherently, that's scary. Yeah. That's a scary concept. Um, and again, it goes back to, like, something you can't reason with. You can't understand it. It doesn't operate in a way that you understand. And that that's that's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, do you guys want to cl- close this out? Probably yeah, sure. That time. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, I mean, the moral of this is honestly, fuck life force. I don't even want to talk about it. This yeah, been I know. More, this has been way more interesting. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> worth watching once. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. is. Yeah. So, uh, um, closing thoughts, Luke, on the movie Life Force, and uh, I guess the state of horror in general. 
Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Life Force, you know, it was the first time I'd seen it. I'd agree. I'd say it's worth seeing, you know, like, um, it, doing some research on the backstory makes it a little more interesting. Um, when you read about the book it was based on and all the cuts and things like that, that's important to know because the movie is like just a fucking discombobulated mess and it's interesting to read the history of why it is like that. Um, yeah, it doesn't know if it wants to be a sci-fi movie, a vampire movie, it's a zombie movie at the end. Um, but I like the little shriveled alien guys. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. I'd say check it out, but yeah, I'm I'm not going to fucking watch that movie again. I'm not going to really recommend it to anyone. Um and then on the future of horror, you know, I mean, yeah, can I tell you I had some fucking awesome points, man. Um and uh all I can really add is I'm just looking forward to The Shallows. We'll see. We need a uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for a good shark movie. Although yeah. I feel like in the trailer that's one of the trailers where they give away pretty much like everything. I hated the second trailer. The first trailer was so the first trailer for The Shallows, the teaser ended where you just see a, this giant silhouette of the shark only a, only emerge a little bit in the frame and you're like oh shit oh shit and then yeah. it cuts and you're like okay i can't fucking wait second and trailer we see we the shark see the kill probably yeah. everyone that he's going to kill exactly. in the movie yeah and uh, once percy rodriguez stopped voicing trailers they instantly got worse he was the greatest <laughs> percy rodriguez is the greatest horror movie trailer voiceover guy of all time he did you probably know him from the jaws movies but he also okay. did movies like popcorn and crawl space and neon maniacs and the entity uh and he yeah. was the voice of the lock in the heavy metal movie but he was always nice. that guy could deliver a tagline that would just make you want to see a movie even if you had no clue what the movie, <laughs> yeah. like i don't know if you've ever seen the movie popcorn it's such a great movie can you give us a good impression uh, right now he goes buy a bag go home in a box like he also <laughs> did like uh, like phantasm 2 was like the ball is back uh, or, um, neon maniacs he goes uh in diabolical order they live so that others Die. <laughs> Where's Rodriguez? Was oh, the that's best. Fantastic. The best. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, it reminds me of uh, how they do the Thanksgiving trailer. Was was he in the Thanksgiving? No, trailer? he actually died. Thanksgiving. He had died right before that. Oh, but really? Because that's kind of in yeah. the same like yep. way. Yeah. <laughs> Dark meat. Light meat. Yeah. All that's will be that person Rodriguez. All will be yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. First Rodriguez was the best for for voiceover. Uh, and Crawl Space went between the wall and hell. Crawl space. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's an awesome tagline. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. We're missing taglines. That's oh, uh, yeah. The, the world is. Do they uh, even bother to give no. these taglines my anymore? My favorite, wow. my favorite non-horror tagline is from Revenge of the Nerds: "The odd get even." Uh, <laughs> nice. What's that like? Very that movie, nice. new, the, new movie, The Boy. I felt like it's like, there he is. There we go. Back to, back to Alien. Alien had a great tagline in space. In space no one no can, can hear you scream. scream. Great That's one. classic. Yeah, great. which was parodied by Killer Clowns from Outer Space. In space, no one can eat ice cream. Ah. <laughs> nice. What was the one for? Uh, which for, is even for this true move? for Life Force? Yeah, you get that yeah. stuff at Six Flags with yeah. the little balls. Yeah, space, you know, yeah. right? True. Yeah, Life Force didn't have a good tagline. That's why it was a discom. You right. could actually. There was something. Oh no! It's just called like. Uh, a sci-fi came. epic yeah. to be remembered. That was, That's all. That was like a good indicator. Says. If a movie didn't yeah. have a great tagline in the '80s, it was probably a mess because they couldn't. <laughs> they couldn't. If if the PR marketing people couldn't distill it down to a line, then nobody could. <laughs> Sexy lightning tits. That's fine. Yes. I don't know what else. The 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 tagline for Life Force was, yeah. "With an insatiable hunger, they are coming. Mankind is their prey." Yeah, man. Uh, that sucks. You know what's a great one? Near Dark's Pray for Daylight. Right. Uh, Perfect. Pre. Perfect. No. Perfect. Yeah. Um, what's the what's what was Jaws? Jaws was a really good one. Um, Watch out for Jaws. I think. Yeah. 
I don't know what Jaws was. If you're going swimming, watch yeah. the hell out. But Percy Rodriguez did that trailer for Jaws, and it, it, it sets the tone oh, for that cool. movie perfectly. Yeah. He did all the Jaws movies. Um, so, Ken, what, what did you think about Life Force? What are your closing thoughts on um, that movie? I'm happy that it happened because it gave us the Dan O'Bannon Return of the Living Dead, and I've read the original sort of uh, what Toby Hooper's Return of the Living Dead was going to be, and it was not a movie I probably would have enjoyed. I love that movie, man. It's great. I like the great movie a lot. It's Me a too. great movie. And and actually, the sequels are very good, too. Part three is very underrated. Um, I love Day of the Dead. I saw I saw both of those movies in theaters that year. Um, I remember I had to go to a really bad nice. theater to see Day of the Dead, uh, which is my favorite Romero zombie movie. But um, um, I'm thankful that it gave us that. It, it looks cool. It's got some interesting ideas, but is is a mess. Uh, Invaders from Mars is a perfect movie. Funhouse is a great movie. If you're gonna watch a Toby Hooper movie, there are, there are many others that would. Be now I, I now I'm remembering. I have so Funhouse is about the kids that stay overnight. Yeah. And they witness like they're, yeah. they're they have the, the pet freak yep. right yep. that starts yep. like killing. Yep. Yep. Funhouse is awesome. It's I'm gonna, a great I'm movie. I'm gonna revisit that one. It's a great movie. Yeah. So, uh, what do you want from Har at this point? I would like horror to next? get a little smarter okay. and a little more interesting and not be so WWF new metal. Um, so many like Freddy horror- versus Jason. Yeah, I mean, it's like you go see a horror movie uh, and you're like, did Fred Durst direct all of these horror movies? <laughs> it's like, what year is it that we're kind of stuck in that aesthetic that like blown out sort that's of beautiful. white? Tra- it's yeah, like come up with something, make that's a horror movie true. that looks beautiful, make a horror mm. movie that's like you know, uh, Lamora, Child's Tale, you know, a girl in red. What a movie that yeah, means something. Yeah, or just you know. Or make a horror movie that doesn't make me want to kill myself. You know, like, oh, oh, this guy just raped and tortured people for two right. hours. I guess that's horrific, but it's not interesting. It doesn't right. say anything. It's not it's not a, a new take, you know. Like, I'd rather watch a movie like The Gate or something that's, yeah. like, kind of weird and, and, and it's clearly one person's vision. I, I want horror to either be f- fun somehow at yeah. the end or either, like, mean something. If I can take, like, a deep yeah. meaning from it. Yeah. You know? Like but a lot fly. of it is yeah. just, like, nothing. It's the just is a great lukewarm. Example. Yeah. Like whatever, exactly. You know? uh, like the fly, oh. David Cronenberg's The Fly has some disgusting, revolting, terrifying, like visceral things in it. But it's a movie about a guy dying from cancer. Yeah. It's a movie about cancer, and and that that's terrifying, and it sticks with you. And those are the sorts of things that we kind of need. And you know, uh, smart people with skills need to make some horror movies, and not just remake movies they liked when they were a kid. Absolutely, hell yeah. Um, so I guess what I thought about Life Force is. You know, the first time I watched it, uh, I definitely enjoyed it. You know, I wish we p- I picked a different movie. <laughs> well, yeah. why did why did you pick Life Force? Um, well, I mentioned to Ken like what kind of movie he'd want to do, and yeah. he mentioned like Near Dark and like alternative vampires, like Life Force, etc. Yeah. So I chose Life Force. Like I, I don't know, I remember that. It's it, it's at least interesting to talk about you like know, the well, journey yeah. of that movie being yeah. made. It's a beautiful like, mess. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. like because on paper the movie looked like it it should have been perfect. Right. It, but right. When you told me about, it, I was like, okay, you, I haven't seen know? it, but it is very intriguing with the director. Yeah, yeah. And, there's and a, there's a lot that went into that movie just being no it in, i'm glad we saw you know? it I'm, I'm glad um, we talked about it hopefully yeah people can will check it out and know a little more about it but yeah i i just want i just want movies horror movies just mean something again yeah that's all i, I want something i can uh, grasp onto uh intellectually and also like have fun I also want creature features again, man. That, that's what I want, man. I don't. I want creature. I want good monster movies. I, I want a I, monster. I, I want practical effects, and if you're gonna use the CGI, do it sparingly. 
but and to a good, but to tasteful effects. And that, practical that's what effects. I want. So two things I want I'll a, say. I want a good marriage between those. <laughs> yeah. Two things I'll say that'll make you guys feel better is that one, Dana Gould has a show coming out in the fall called Stand Against Evil, where his premise is he grew up in Hopedale, Mass. What if his dad was Buffy the Vampire Slayer? And it's basically <laughs> a racist old New England guy who has to fight monsters. It's all practical effects. <laughs> oh, cool. It's going to be scary and funny, and I Hell think that will yeah. give you everything oh, you yeah, want. Oh, yeah, that sounds really it's gonna good. It's going to be an IFC in the fall. I'm very excited for cool. that. The other good thing is that, you know, you were saying you're making a list. Even if they yeah. don't make any new good movies, there are so many good yeah. movies that you haven't seen yep. um, that That's from true. the last 50 years that now, you know, I used, I remember I used to, I had to, to rent a racer head. I had to take two trains and a bus to go to the Video <laughs> Smith in Alston. You know, now you can watch anything from any time whenever you want. Right. And you wouldn't even need them to make anything else new. And you could watch probably a, a great horror movie you've never seen every day and not right. run out. You know, That's and, super true. That's one of the great. best things about horror films is that there's there's so much that exists yeah. that's so good. Oh yeah. That it's so hard to like even just hear about. Yeah. You know, and when you find those gems, that's like half the love of horror for me is just the thrill of the hunt. Yeah. You know? And just finding right. that one thing, be like, I really yep. fucking love this. What is this from like nineteen seventy? I've never yeah. heard this title my whole life. Right. Like, what the fuck is this? But and it's hard to get it. that I same feeling it. that you used yeah. to have. Like, I remember the first yeah. time I saw Basket Case. I had a couple friends of mine that were film majors from college in Long Island, and we were at Newberry Comics, just like looking through shit. And he found Basket Case, and that's when yeah. we watched it for the first time. It's like I, I don't like scroll through iTunes like that. There's not that joy of finding some weird random no. B horror movie and like taking it home and falling in love. You with need it, a friend you know? to recommend it to you. Yeah. You need to go through physical things. You know an algorithm is not going to do it. Yeah. And That's it what I is miss the most a video store, man. Yeah. Going through horror movies, the video it's store. It's a social right. thing oh, too, though. It, you yeah. know, your you, friends, dude, you yeah, need someone who knows you, who goes, Oh, you like this and this, try right. this. That's what you need. And the other thing is, and, and I'll get off my high horse on this and I don't have to wrap up, <laughs> but this is true of music and this is true of movies. Now, because you don't have to earn these movies in that you can pull up anything on Netflix. You don't have to seek it out. Didn't take you weeks to find it. People don't stick with the thing. So you, they'll go five minutes in and go, don't, like it next movie right and yeah, yeah. there are a it's lot a of movies curse. yeah there are a lot of movies and a lot of albums that i you know i really had to hunt down and the first time i listened to it or watched it i didn't really like it but i was like look i paid for this right. I, I i went and i hunted it down i might be missing something let me watch it again or listen to it again and those turned out to be some of my favorite movies and some of my favorite albums yeah. that's really and, interesting and, 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 that's a and really good point if people don't have to do that now because they're not invested in it uh you know, i spent two dollars on this i don't care or, or i got it for free, free. Yeah. yeah or there's fifteen hundred other things I can watch there's not I drove yeah. down to the video store this I is the only this tape I, I have I'm it. gonna watch it yeah uh, you know and I'm gonna I'm gonna get the it's gonna pay off right. the, so so that also everyone's so impatient yeah and we're making media to, to facilitate those people now yeah and that doesn't make for good stuff yeah and, you know I, I think it'll come back around I think that's we're seeing important. a return of like midnight movies and stuff that's more social um, and people watching things and in, in, in horror communities and horror podcasts and things where people are sort of recommending and dissecting these things which had kind of gone away for a while um you know so i think that will it'll be interesting to see what a generation of people who, who grew up on that sort of stuff makes hell yeah cool um good we got any uh plugs let's wrap it up luke you got any plugs here um no nope <laughs> nothing just a failure your band's just breaking up my band just broke up all right no good. i'm just kidding right, yeah, um yeah. depending on when this comes out yeah i mean my um my band is going on the road the last week of um June, we're gonna okay, be. Let's be on time for that. We're gonna be in. Okay, cool. We're gonna be in Philly on Tuesday for a fish after party. Wednesday, we're gonna be here in Boston at Wonder wow. Bar. Yep. And then um, Thursday, we are gonna be in New Haven, Connecticut, for part of our three-week residency for '90s night, playing '90s music. Um, and then Thursday after that, we're gonna be up in Saratoga for another fish after party. 
So um, gross. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. A fish Sorry. after a fish after party sounds like something someone would call diarrhea. Well, um, <laughs> I'm having a real fisher after party in here. I shouldn't have eaten that. Speaking of uh, oh, speaking of special that, K. Yeah. Speaking yum, of that, yum. really quick, I did pull up the tagline for Jaws. And oh, nice. If I may, do you like fish? Well, he likes you too. Oh, weird. <laughs> I mean, is that, that doesn't, real? That doesn't seem real. That doesn't sound. That real. doesn't sound right yeah. at all. I did. You know, that's not that, real. That was <laughs> but, well, wait. Okay, th- there's a fucking bunch. Wait. Okay, so, well, don't go in the water. Don't go in the water. Don't go in the water. See right. it before yeah. you go swimming. Don't You'll go never go in the water. Wait. What the fuck is? It? She was the first. Nah, I don't know what okay. that is. Now we're getting off. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the terrifying motion picture from the terrifying number one bestseller. That yeah. sounds right. Yeah, Peter Benchley nailed yeah. it. All right, I'm done. Uh, I'm done can get plugs. any plugs? Uh, I have an album that came out last month called The Vanity Project Volume 1 Hollywood Land, where I don't talk about horror, uh, but mm-hmm. I do do stand-up comedy. Uh, I have a podcast called TV Guidance Counselor. A new episode comes out every Wednesday. Sometimes I have episodes on Fridays as well. I have some good upcoming horror guests. As I said, Joe Bob Briggs is coming up. Uh, Lisa Wilcox from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 and 5 uh, is coming up soon. Had Elvira on a couple weeks ago. Adrian uh, Barbeau. Adrian yeah. Barbeau has been on the show. Um, Lorraine Newman, who's in Invaders from Mars, uh, the Toby Hooper remake. So uh, there's there's oh, cool. quite a lot of horror guests on the uh, agenda. Um, if you uh, have not heard my show and you, there are all the episodes that are available, there's there's a lot of horror guests on there. Hell yeah! Uh, so, do you have a Twitter or Instagram people? Can uh, you? Yeah, at Kenneth W. Reed uh, is my Twitter, and my Instagram is at Kenneth W. Reed. I post a lot of weird photos of collectibles I own, and then found photographs of other people that I don't know uh, that are usually pretty fun. And Nick Chambers makes uh, tons. Uh, this Every other comedian, Friday. Nick Chambers, makes fantastic music yeah. about the Instagram photos that Ken posted. Uh, the last yeah. one was about a, uh, a, po- uh, a a picture of fish. It was a, murder, a fisherman. murderous fisherman. Yeah. Murderous fisherman. That kid's and a genius. that yeah. song was goddamn fire. Yeah. He and I uh, collaborated Christ. on the Halloween one last year. That yeah. was a fun one. I, I yeah. don't think I saw that one. Yeah. But, it, but they're, a scientist. they're amazing. <laughs> that kid's a genius. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know what I get to plug. Uh, I don't, I don't know about the, the riot soon. I don't know. Um, what I'm going to plug is Thunderfest. So uh, from July 12th to 16th, in the basement of Wonder Bar, we are having a comedy festival. You can see people like Kurt Metzger, Kelly McFarland, Langston Kerman, and Jamie Loftus, uh, among tons of other people, including myself. I'll be hosting the Bad Bad Show. Um, get your tickets at thunderbarcomedy.com. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Kurt Metzger is a goddamn beast. He's uh, from Race Wars, Horace and Pete. Uh, he's the best. So uh, buy tickets, uh, support comedy. Why don't we do um, a Dead Last Podcast section on the, at the Comedy Fest? We go up and we make jokes and we plug our podcast. Uh, I'm sure they'll be totally down. To I'll leave the jokes yeah. to you. I've the, seen yeah. the future of horror is a lot of the people I've seen at open mics. Uh, <laughs> they're basically like oh verbal, my God. like verbal yeah. home invasions. <laughs> they uh, they will cause you to suicide yourself. Mental I, I have a, a character actually called Open Michael, uh, <laughs> who is uh, Open Michael Myers. Oh, he, he's uh, he starts off with just like really hacky premises that says nothing, mostly just like about like right. Tinder or just like it'd be yeah. easier if I was gay. And just says nothing and then just takes a hard turn into just <laughs> stalking and right. following girls. Hacky, and, hacky and slash. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> God damn it. You go. You're good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being here, Ken. Oh, thanks for this having me. This has been, yeah. uh, you've had a lot of really interesting shit to say, man. And I, uh, horror, I really appreciate man. you having on here. <laughs> yeah, All we'll right. have to have you on again for sure. I'm always Fuck happy yeah. to talk horror. 
All right. Uh, well, that's about it for us. Uh, thank you very much. Follow us on Twitter at Dead Last Podcast, uh, Facebook.com slash Dead Last PC, and on Instagram at Dead Last Podcast. Uh, thank you very much. Bye. Thanks, y'all. Bye bye.